course, as soon as we start recording, a helicopter decides to fly. Nice. Could it be a uh, directly? So, could it be Self Defense Force One with the Prime Minister in it? <laughs> Oh, the Empress. Empress. The Empress. Driving by. Yeah, the intersection down there. But that was, you, you mentioned that before, right? Or again? Like, it was, coming back. It was this week. Wednesday. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I thought it was another time you'd mentioned, like, you'd seen the Empress. Because I know you mentioned it. That could have been Friday night. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just saw, yeah. I forget that we just saw each other, yeah. I was saying how amazing it was, how well coordinated everything was. Mm. Yeah, it was it was Friday. Night. Yeah, and you were talking about how like at the right moment they open up the gate for the barricades and the car goes through and all the like yeah. kind of really solid uh, solid security. Yeah, it was just like clockwork, well timed, mm-hmm. well timed. Well, welcome to another episode of Finding Japan. This is a this is a special episode, I think. Yeah, because we have Terrence not only as a as a host but a, a guest with a with a very good good story. Is it a good story? I don't know. It's an interest. It's certainly an interesting story. Yeah, and if you can't tell, I'm kind of nervous about it. it. Should be fun. Kind of nervous about it, but uh, for about a week and a half now, we've mm-hmm. been saying we we got to tell the story while it's top of mind, while it's fresh, while yeah, while uh, before you get uh, c- cynical and. <laughs> <laughs> jaded and, jaded and angry and angry about it and before I have like post traumatic whatever yeah stress disorder so uh let me set the stage a little bit so we were uh I was at work one day and I got a call not a call a text message from Linda saying um have you talked to Terrence lately and I said no not really it's been, a, been about like four or five days since we had talked or you know connected or whatever mm-hmm. and uh and uh, we started looking on Facebook, and people were worried about where you were because you were supposed to meet people, you didn't show up, and uh, apparently it, uh, it was a real deal. You, you weren't around. You, you went MIA for a period of about 48, 49 hours before anybody knew uh, what had happened. And uh, a couple of people here were, were a little worried about um, what was going on, people putting the, the APB out. Uh, but apparently, APB a- doesn't work the same here as it does in the U.S. So, t- tell us a little bit about uh, what happened, and then we'll, we'll kind of mix in some of the other perspectives. Yeah, well, basically, um, as probably my former sidekick, T Bone Taro, would say, the stupid tenants go jail! <laughs> um, Did he say that a lot? <laughs> He always called me Stupid Terrence. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the only thing he ever called me. He always referred to himself as Great T-Bone Taro. Uh, uh, Kobe beef show. Inside jokes. Um, But, well, um, basically that's what happened. So, the 11th, May 11th, uh, two friends of mine visiting from San Francisco. I finish up work at the uh, world-famous fruit shop at 9 o'clock and meet up with my my buddies and we go out to an all-you-can-drink yakitori place mm. i've been there before it's a pretty cool joint thing about all you can drink in japan is usually you know you just they have a it's two hours or set time there's a menu of stuff they allow you to have um you pay a set fee for the drinks then food can be extra sometimes food is included is also all you can eat or like a course type of thing another interesting that's an interesting sounding helicopter it's like purposefully saying, I'm going to make the most annoying helicopter sound I can, and I'm going to keep doing laps around your house. Like, I didn't realize that this was such a, like, helicopter, like, busy area. And it then the is. minute we pre- press record, it's like every <laughs> helicopter. They pressed record. Now, now, go, I go, it's launch. it's the same helicopter, though. I think, I think, I think Although that one that. sounded kind of different. It had a more, like, da 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 Yeah, it had a more, yeah. like, like, prop whip in the air sound. Yeah. All right, well, probably but in about another 30 seconds it'll come back. We'll get another one. So, this place, though, has an all-you-can-drink drink bar. So, you just go up and you make your own drinks. Oh. So, two dudes Not from San just Francisco. beer, like mixed drinks. Yeah, okay. mixed drinks. Like, they have a whole shochu, which is kind of basically Japanese vodka. Uh, different flavorings for it. They have a uh, whiskey highball, little pump or tap. There's beer. The beer is really cool. The beer is the auto machine where you put the mug down. Oh, like at the, the airport, right? On the tray, press the button, it leans back. It tips it up, and then it puts the little 
foam on top yeah. at the end. Pretty cool. So pretty good way to get really <laughs> faded. So uh, and the whole joke about my friends visiting was one guy is a good friend of mine, also through podcasting. Um, I've known him for about ten years, about as long as I've known you. And uh, he's been to Japan a lot. He loves Japan. He comes almost every year. The other guy, um, is, it was his second time. So me and the my friend who I've known for a long time, we're like, we're gonna get the other guy messed up. Like it's gonna be, you know, his his Japan trip is gonna be all about ruining his liver. I mean, we were, you know, <laughs> we were being, we we're joking around, but you know, we're kind of having fun. So yeah, he's game, and we were having a good time. And two hours went by, and we we're pretty toasted. And decided to head off to a bar in Dogenzaka that's kind of geisha slash Edo, kind of Japanese-themed. Um, really cool little bar. Uh, I went to yesterday, actually. Uh, I like it a lot. Called Oiran. So I went out over to that bar. And the last thing I remember as we're going there, we're so drunk. We're like, Oiran! Like, we're just like our fists in the air and <laughs> shouting at Oiran. I wonder if anybody, if anybody had taken a video of that. It's like three goofy-ass foreigners, like, shouting Oiran. So that's about the last thing I remember clearly on Wednesday night. Oh, wow. And then I kind of remember, like, bye, guys, see you tomorrow around the last train around midnight. And then the next thing I know, I'm on the platform um, about three stations away. No, two stations away from Shibuya. So it's Shibuya Ebisu Meguro. Right. And I'm standing. I'm, I can remember kind of like, what station is this? Like having a moment where I'm trying to figure out where I am. And standing on the station with this guy in a worker's uniform, like a, not construction worker, but railway worker kind of, what they call a sagyofuku in Japanese, work uniform. And him grabbing at me and me like swatting his arm away. And I can see these two or three station, like train station staff people. And one dude looking at me like, which is really like, you know, like just these cold eyes, like, I was like, what's going on here? And maybe, like, police coming. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I remember is being in a police car and kind of, like, maybe flashing lights or just, like, out in front of the train station in the police car and basically going for a short ride to the police station and then ending up in the police station, like, really still drunk and upset and not quite figuring out what's going on. And apparently the guy I had the altercation with is also at the station and, you know, kept repeating him, repeating, you you kicked me three times or your leg hit me three times. And But I, I'm like, what are you talking about? And I'm so gone and confused. And I'm like, why isn't he arrested? Why am I the only one arrested? And I'm sitting on a chair. I'm like, I think... I have a either my arm is handcuffed, my wrist is handcuffed, and then it's to a chair, or like I have a belt on and they have that handcuffed to the chair. I can't quite remember. Hmm. And at one point, I'm like <laughs> just drunk and defiant. So I start getting up and start like dragging the chair. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> Six police officers, including a female police officer, was like, "You were arrested." At the scene of the crime, or it's Genko Han Taiho, which like means like you were caught in the act, or you were arrested in the act, or something. It's kind of hard to translate. Uh, um, so you need to sit down, and and so I eventually calm down and sit down, and I'm face to face with the investigator, this guy named Mizuno-san, um, who just starts you know asking me what happened, and I tell him I don't remember, and. I just remember the altercation on the platform and uh, do I get a lawyer and this goes on for six hours between so was this in the morning like this is from sorry I gotta give a timeline so by the the incident apparently took place this being Japan and the Japanese police and great record keeping in this country from 1221 to 1223 is apparently when the altercation took place on the train that's how short it was on the train mm-hmm. it was like 1221 to 1223 or 4 it was like 3 minutes and so it probably was around 1 o'clock at this point or one thirty maybe um, and then just from there tried. they asked me a lot of questions about the situation I just tried to explain that I was out with my friends that you know that they're probably wondering where, well, they're not wondering where I'm at now, but they're going to be wondering where I'm going to be mm-hmm. tomorrow. Um, can I contact somebody? And they're like, you, or can I 
contact a lawyer? Can I get a lawyer? Do you have a lawyer? No. Oh, I know I know a paralegal in Osaka. Like they start laughing. Like you know, like ha ha, not like that much, but a little bit of laughing, a little bit like oh well, do you want to call him? Like, well, I need a lawyer. Oh, do you have a lawyer? No. Can I call someone? Well, who do you want to call? Uh, maybe my work. Do you know your work number? Uh, it's on my business card. Okay. And it's like, what is going on? And I'm so confused and just like, okay, this is not good. And it's like, what happens from here? And it's like, well, you're under arrest, so we get to detain you. For And I didn't, at the time, I didn't even know for how long. Mm-hmm. So apparently it's, the police can detain you for 72 hours. And the crappy thing about being arrested in Japan is that once the police arrest you, they don't have the authority to release you. Hmm. So it has to go to a prosecutor uh, who questions you, and then the issue is taken to a judge who can give the order to have you released. Hmm. So, you know, I'm like... Is, so they can arrest you, but they can't make the decision to let you go. Yeah. Okay. It's weird. And then there's no real, like, drunk tank theory, you know, or not theory, but practice like they have in the States where, like, okay, you're obviously inebriated. Why don't you chill out? Right. And then, you know, we'll, we'll talk see. talk to you in the morning. We'll talk to you in the morning. Right. We'll see if the other person wants to press charges, what exactly is going on here. Mm-hmm. No, it's all, like, you're, you're on the railroad. You're on the tracks. You're in the process. You're in the process, and right. you're not escaping the process. And, you know, um, so I remember towards the end, like, about third or fourth hour of interrogation just being like they kept asking me so like you know you're an american but you where were you born and you know where did you grow up and i just looked at them like why are you asking me these questions right. i was drunk and i got into kind of a thing with a guy and you keep acting like finding out my background is somehow gonna what solve the crime my, my motivation like right. it's just like so questioning well, they were just doing that because you're a foreigner yeah exactly right and when you look on the documents um the documents they had on me there's always this large red stamp that says the kanji gai or soto uh, gai for gaijin right right so or I guess gai kokuseki or gai kokujin I guess officially but um so it was just like a lot of the questions were that constantly asking me if I understand Japanese although I'm really ar- half the time I'm arguing half the time I'm like being defiant <laughs> like I, I think do you, I do you really understand Japanese yeah. yes I understand Japanese I'm speaking to you in Japanese yeah. yes but do you really understand Japanese I don't want to be here why am I here what are my rights you know and it's just like all the time constantly they were so what it made me realize about the police is like these people might see crime or they might know the streets, you know, and that kind of thing, but they're so provincial. Like, they have no concept. It's beyond them that people who are not like them can speak their language. Mm. And um, so they just constantly... I said, I understand you. I don't really know the law. Mm. You know, I'm not a lawyer. I've never been arrested before. So I'm asking you questions to figure out what's going on and what I can do for myself. And you guys just keep asking me if I understand Japanese. Stop asking me if I understand Japanese. If I don't understand something, I'll let you know. You've brought, you've brought in a translator. I'll talk to the translator. And the thing about the translator is that they're a neutral party. They have to tell you this. So I'm a neutral party. I'm here to translate for you. Or interpreter. Actually, they would be an interpreter, not a translator. It's funny that mm. I keep saying that because actually it annoys me when I, when I tell people that I'm a translator. And they go... Uh, and then they go, um, oh, so do you do like conferences? And stuff? No, I'm, I'm a translator. I write. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, and so, but I keep, but having said that, I keep saying it. I don't know why I keep saying translator, but my interpreter that they bring in. And I think the first night, it was a, I'm guessing because I didn't ask her personal questions, but from her accent and her look, I think she was like a, she was Filipino. Hmm. Um, she was a very nice lady. She said, I'm neutral. Um, and then she translated some stuff for me, <laughs> including my, I understand Japanese. I just might not know the law. <laughs> and she translated that. And I could see a little bit, like, a look in her eye or her face. Just was like, she was also kind of exasperated for me. Like, a little, like, I, I sensed a little bit of sympathy. When you were saying that, were you saying that in English, though? And then she would translate it in Japanese? Or were you saying it in Japanese? Uh, I would say that to them in Japanese, to the officer. But then I would also say to her, just like, can you please tell them, like, like, or I think, yeah, because I think I was, I would get upset and just like start speaking in English. I'm like, okay, like I'm done with this. Like, yeah, I understand. It's like, um, so just ha- just to have her say it to them in Japanese also, 
right. Oh, yeah. if it comes from the official translator. Exactly. But there was a there was, more sense. I had a total of three translators, and over the time period, interpreter. Um, so, so that was that was the first night, right? That and was the they, first night, and so basically, it's like this weird game. Like the 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 investigator was like, because at one point I'm like, you guys, this is just such identity discrimination. I was so upset about it, and he was like. Well, we're trying to figure out what happened. So if, you know, I think if you go and talk to the prosecutor the way you're talking to me now with this passion about your your experience, maybe he'll understand. I was like, what? what? Now you're playing good cop? It's like this weird, yeah, okay, whatever. So so eventually it all ends. I'm taken to the, on the, when you go to the police station, if you're in the elevator or at in front of the elevator, they'll have a sign that shows like each department in the police station. Well, conspicuously missing is the detention center. <laughs> and I think it was on the fourth floor, if I'm not mistaken. When you're cuffed, handcuffed and led somewhere, it's hard to kind of figure out where you're going. But I am taken to the detention center and put into a small room and basically told the to strip. And they examine you. They ask you to squat three times and make sure you don't have something shoved up your butthole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, put your underwear back on. Oh, no, actually, can they take a look under your testicles? Um, yeah, it's fun. Jeez. Yeah. And then I'm given... Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't given a cool orange jumpsuit. I was just given, like, sweater and, like, sweatpants. Sweatpants, and I was allowed to wear my... I had a Star Wars t-shirt. <laughs> so I was allowed to wear my Star Wars t-shirt. Uh, so I was given prison issue, and I actually was given a top, a sweater top too. Mm. I think I wore it for a little bit, but then most of the time just had it, had them keeping in my in a locker for me. And then after all that check is check is done, then I'm taken to a. By now it's morning, so it's already like nine o'clock in the morning by the time. Although the inter, the actual interrogation was maybe six seven hours, and then from about seven to eight ish, it was more like waiting around and paperwork and then having that check and everything and being transferred over to the detention center. And then, so this is all, this is now the Thursday, the 12th of mm. May. And then I'm taken over to, by around 9 o'clock, I'm taken to my cell. And there's another dude in the cell. Um, I'm, I'm given a number, a name and a number. So the police station was Osaki. And I was number 10. So in Japanese, I was Osaki Juban. And my cellmate was Osaki Jurokuban. Hmm. So it was a middle-aged Japanese dude in his 50s. Um, slightly, not not fat, but a little bit pudgy. Japanese man in his mid-50s, early 50s. Uh, and was my jailhouse senpai for a day. <laughs> nice guy. Uh, was in for, as I say nice guy, was in for kidnapping someone who owed him money. Along with <laughs> six other conspirators or something. Five other conspirators, I think it was six of them. Um, I think they were just trying to, you know, hey, pay us back. I don't think they meant him that much harm, but it wasn't good. He, well, you said, like, they wouldn't let him leave where he was. Not yeah. Like they picked him up and put a hood over his head and threw him in a van. They didn't do that, but the, I can't remember if you mentioned they had him in a car or a room. I don't know what it was, but they, mm. they obviously denied him his freedom for a period of time and were caught on camera. So it must not have been a car. It must have been in some building or something. I don't know. I don't really know. I didn't get asked that deeply, but it was interesting. <laughs> he was a resident of the jailhouse for about 24 days at the time, I think. 24, wow. 25 days. And was, yeah, his lawyer was trying to get him out on bail, which actually is kind of rare in Japan and definitely not available to foreigners. They do not allow foreigners out on bail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting to me that an island country is really, really worried about people running away. <laughs> like where are you gonna go yeah (laughs) this is not france where i can run into you know i can cross over into spain or italy or germany (laughs) it's japan and their records are so damn good you know that if you try to take a plane they're gonna know where you're going a boat i would be like if i were in the country and someone wanted to run away on a boat i would be like go ahead if you survive consider that boat 
survival lottery. <laughs> <laughs> you would not survive on a boat getting out of the country. There's just no way. I mean, yes, unless you can really unless, sneak onto a good boat. But yeah, yeah, unless you go to like uh, a ship. If you can get on a ship, uh, it's one thing. Go down to Fukuoka and take the ferry to Korea to Busan or something. Like oh that. yeah, yeah. But I was thinking that at that point, I think those boats are all like you need a passport and it's uh, all pretty yeah, like. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking like either you sneak onto a cargo ship, which means you have to get through like harbor security, be on a boat and not get caught. Like I. I guess it's possible, but man, that's pretty. Over, uh, I was drinking a little bit and got into an altercation. Really? Like, wow. Like, it's just amazing. So I was in that cell with good old uh, Osaki Judokuban for a day. Did he refer to himself as Osaki Judokuban? I, I never Osaki asked him. I never asked him his name. Judokuban. I never asked him. The, I just, you just know because the, the guards come around and say, call on you. And mm-hmm. So at this point, I should probably... He was released. Basically, I think his lawyer came through for him. And that night, as we go to bed at 9, 8.50 technically, but 9, and just got the futons out and laying down. And I think it was like barely 15 minutes laying down when the guard comes up to the entrance, calls quietly calls Osaki Jirokuban, and he picks up his futon and stuff and walks out. I think, I think he knew I was awake, but I just kind of gave him a nod and he walked out. And, yep, that was... I don't know how he's doing. He made a joke or a comment that day about visiting me at the Apple Store. <laughs> oh no! So it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna love to be standing on the floor and see. Oh, I've already revealed. Well, I think yeah. everyone knows I work where I work. Um, uh, it's gonna be interesting to stand on the floor and be like, "Hey, Osaki Jubon. <laughs> hey, Jubon. <laughs> yeah, and when people nice. around are like, "What? What? Uh oh." That's going to be fun. Um, so that should be the title of this episode, Interview with Osaki Juban. I've thought about that as I've written stuff down about this experience. I probably should go through the routine. So basically, a day at the day in the jailhouse begins at uh, 6.30. That's wake-up time. Um, you wake up. You fold up your futon. They open up the... You open up your door, you carry your futon to a little futon storage room, and then you go back into the room. By then, they've left you the uh, vacuum cleaner and some rags to clean the sink. There's a sink, and then another two rags, one to clean the sink area and one to clean the toilet. Mm-hmm. Uh, vacuum the floor, clean the toilet, clean the sink, and then uh, they take the vacuum cleaner. And there's a little There's a little slot for, like, well, actually... Yeah, there's a door and a slot, and you leave the vacuum cleaner and the rags in front of the door. They take those out. The slot is for food or handing you books or whatever you need. Um, Then you go out. There's a locker right across the hallway. There's a little locker with uh, number 10 on. There's a little uh, a bar of soap in a case with number 10, a, a tube of toothpaste number 10, and my number 10 toothbrush and my towel. I grab my towel. You no no. You grab the toothbrush, put the toothpaste on the toothbrush, grab the towel, grab the soap, go back into your room, brush up, wash up, do whatever you like. Um, then when that's done, you leave those items on the little slot. They take them away for you. Um, and then there's a check, what they call tenko. So you got to sit down in the room. The room is like a kind of rectangular shaped. I would say. Three, almost two yards, two meters wide, three meters, hmm. two and a half meters wide, six, seven meters deep. Pretty spacious room. Um, I, uh, I don't know how many they put in there max. The whole time I was there, there was another room with two guys in it. That was the most I think I, I saw. I don't think there was any room with like three or four people in one room. But maybe they do that when they're crowded. Um, there's a red li- about a about a yard and a half from the gate from the door. There's a red line, or there's two red like markers on the wall that essentially denote a red line, invisible red line. And you sit there, cross-legged, and with your hands, your palms up. And the guards love to do a lot of yelling, a lot of like military. We are now going to inspect you. You know, it's it's, it's right, right. It's very nerve-wracking. <laughs> You're already stuck in some place, and then everyone's yelling at you all the time. Not yelling at you, but just yelling things. It's just like show of force. Yeah, it's, and very military. Right. It's like being at boot camp. 
And so they go around to each cell and check, you know, and they call you out. And you say height when they call your name. Uh, oh, it's like a height. And then they walk by and they do that to every room. And that finishes up. And then... Actually, I'm trying to think if I'm getting it wrong. Is it breakfast for... Is, no, I think it's the check. Then it's breakfast. Yeah. How is the food? Uh, it's... Uh, I've likened it and joked around that it's like... No name, uh, like a non-name brand uh, convenience store bento. So you have your Seven Eleven and Family Marts and Lawsons, right? Right. And then you have your like Smiley Mart, or, you know, like Happy Land Mart, or whatever. Like, 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 yeah, B class convenience store bento. Like, it's just like, it's like a croquet, or uh, of course a lot of rice, which I didn't, you know, sometimes fish, right? Sometimes a little chicken or something, a little bit of the pickled vegetables or a little thing. Not horrible, but not great. And there's something about eating when you're in that condition. What you do is they, they run a, they have a, t- a folded tatami mat that they push through the slot. You mm-hmm. grab that, fold it out. That's your table on the ground. Um, then they, yeah, pass. They put they pass your bento through your chopsticks, all that kind of stuff. Um, miso miso soup, which actually wasn't too bad. Hmm. And a mystery that I still have not figured out is whenever they gave you water, they always gave you warm water. Hmm. And I want I was I couldn't figure out if it's a sanit- sanitation thing, like, or if it's a cold water upsets people's stomachs and they don't want to upset someone's stomach, or I have no idea. But one of the mysteries was warm water. That's bizarre. Yeah, it is maybe bizarre. they don't want you to uh, go like ah. exactly <laughs> when you're done. You're like, oh man, I really need something to drink. Ah. Yeah, but you're allowed to have like juice box and that was cold and hmm. it's not like it's not like cold things are completely and the and the bento was not heated up <laughs> so um this is like kind of room temperature um you eat eating is kind of sad i don't know what it is it's just like you think it would be like ah, a little food it's hard to get hungry actually because by then it's probably seven o'clock you eat, eat around seven yeah um lunch is at twelve Dinner's at five. Yeah, so. Um, hmm. Yeah. So after finishing up eating, then I think from then you can get a book. Um, the first day I was there, it was already, it happened to be like bath day. So, or maybe not the first, was it the first day? It was the second day, Friday. It was bath day, so we go to the bathroom and it's like almost like a Japanese onsen or sento. It's actually pretty nice. <laughs> You scrub down, and I don't know, for people who don't know, in Japan, you wash yourself up first. You wash yourself before you go. And then, the you, bath, then right. you sit in the tub. The tub is a relaxation thing, not a right, cleanliness right. thing. Right. So you get washed up, cleaned up, and then you sit in the tub to relax, soak in the tub. Um, I think that day it was just one, like one other dude. Uh, had a couple interactions with him. It turned out to be a nice guy. Uh, I think he was in for kind of drugs or something. Hmm. I don't think like major drug dealing kind of thing, maybe doing or possession or something. Um... Seemed like a nice enough guy, but anyway, uh, so that's if that if that's in there, then that's what you might do that day. Um, and then at ten o'clock, there's another check, the tenko check, uh, with your palms up, you know, cross-legged sitting. And then twelve is lunch. Then is three o'clock another check, or is there no? So basically, from ten to twelve, and then like one to three. Yeah, that's your time where just like nothing happens, mm-hmm. and you're just. Alone yeah. with your thoughts. Yeah, you can read. Um, you get 30 minutes of a newspaper because I think it, it's shared amongst the detainees. Um, I'm trying to remember if there was a check at 3. Maybe 3 there was no check really. There is a check after dinner. Yeah, that's probably it. I think there was nothing at 3. Um, you can get. You can choose 3. If you have a full day, on a full day that you're there, you can choose 3 books. Um, you choose 3 books. They put them in your locker. You only get one at a time, but you can choose three books. Um, I think you can get... I thought, like, my uh, my jailhouse senpai, I thought he had, like, a magazine, his own magazine that someone brought in for him, and then he could also have a book or something. I can't remember, quite remember. Hmm. Yeah. Um, if you need... You can't really write anything if, without a specific purpose. So I got, like, a, a detainee memo, or, like, a suspect's memo, where my uh, lawyer gave to me, they said, like, you know, take down, if you go see the prosecutor, if you have anything about your case, write it down on this memo. 
it's like a booklet, little mm-hmm. different sections about when, what happened, and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, on Friday, I went to see the prosecutor. And here's the thing about being detained. is about three times that I was detained. Not about. Three times I was detained, I went to go see someone. Either the prosecutor. or Actually, no, it was four times because I went to see the prosecutor three times and the judge once. So on Friday, I went to see the prosecutor. And um, what happens is uh, several, two other dudes also from the same jail are handcuffed. We're, our handcuffs are connected by rope. Mm-hmm. And then we're marched in a line uh, out out of the deten- detention center and down through the station to the bus uh, and get on this bus. Also roped to everybody, tied to everybody. Can't talk, can't cross your legs. And then the bus takes you, takes goes around, picks up everybody at the other jails on its route to the uh, prosecutor's office in central Tokyo, Kasumigaseki. It's kind of weird, surreal to see the, like the Diet House and stuff like that. <laughs> Like, wow. And of course, it's really surreal to walk through, like, uh, not drive through, like, the kind of fancy parts of Tokyo and see people right. out, you know? Like, you know, I'm like, mm, like oh, I get, must yeah. be nice. Ah, she's kind of fine. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if she likes criminals. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so, so you get to the prosecutor's office. Um, it's all, and once again, we're all, now we're all in a line on the whole bus. So maybe sometimes, depending on the bus, how big the bus is and how many people, up to a good 20, 25 people all in a line, sometimes split into two groups with the police officer guiding you off the bus. Hmm. Always, you know, raise your hands, check everything. Walk through, stay on one side of the wall, wait here, get in the elevator, but but have your shoulder all along the wall, get everybody onto the elevator. There's a red line, walk over the red line, turn the corridor, turn the corner, go into the corridor, go all the way down. There's a room here, you're going to go into this room, and then in the room, there's these red lines again, stand over the red lines, and then they check you again, get you uncuffed, or not uncuffed, but get the rope out. You're still cuffed. Then have you sit on these like benches that look like nice park benches, <laughs> and so sit on the benches. Again, don't cross your legs. Um, and then in that room there are twenty, I think, holding cells that hold twelve people each, and you're called by again your your station name and number and you're put into these holding cells um and you sit in the holding cells uh waiting for your appointment with the prosecutor mm. and so this could be around like nine o'clock or something nine thirty ten and you could wait for the next six seven eight hours <sighs> and just sit there can't talk but in the holding cell you're allowed to like just put your knees or put your legs up or sit cross-legged or you know kind of move around nobody bothers you about that and that's fine there's a at the corner at the end of the holding cell there's a toilet right there in front of everybody and you know i mean enough privacy people can't see exactly what you're doing but they even tell you please flush it if you're going to take a dookie please flush as you do so the smell doesn't you know yeah it's great so so that's fun and you can when you want to go do a number two you you call the officer and say hey can you can you uncuff one wrist you know and they put they double cuff you on one wrist, hmm. and uh, there's lunch, which is like bread, a little cheese stick, and a juice box and jam, and and warm water, of course, right, the, right. <laughs> the mysterious warm water. <laughs> um, and I think that day I got called kind of in the afternoon, somewhere sometime around two, one or two. I went in to talk to the prosecutor for about forty minutes, and he asked the whole story, you know, what happened, and I told him that I don't remember a lot of it. Um, basically at the end of our conversation he's like I'm going to recommend that you be held for 10 more days like okay what's that going to do tomorrow you're going to go see the judge and the judge will see my recommendation and then go from there so the next day um, again the same kind of bus ride but instead of the prosecutor's office the judge and instead of being held in the the small one of the small 20 12 man holding cells you're held in the room mm-hmm. but you actually can get up and go use the restroom there's urinals on one mm-hmm. end there's some water you can drink there's stalls for a regular for number two mm-hmm. um, so it's a little bit more in that sense more comfortable um, and it's more just like a waiting room like at a hospital or something like that and, just, and about a hundred of us in this one room and we're waiting to go see what it is is you're waiting to go see the judge who 
will ask four questions. I should have reviewed what the, I can't quite remember what the four questions are, but basically, like, like uh, I think one question is like kind of your personal information. Um, I can't remember if it was like, do you understand why you're here, what you're here for, and things like that. And then he reads what the prosecutor well, from what the prosecutor prosecutor's recommendation. He reads that and 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 based on that, like a five minute conversation. He's like, that prosecutor decided that I'm I'm going to be held for ten more days, and they can, there's only three reasons they can hold you. And once again, sorry, I forget kind of what the first reason. No, is. One of them is like the if the other person actually presses. Charges oh yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's one of them. That's it. So yeah, that you actually have charges pressed against you. The other one is um, that uh, you're hiding evidence or withholding, like mm-hmm. you're not cooperating, kind of thing. And the third is your flight risk. So. My not remembering from drinking too much was considered like hiding evidence or not cooperating or something. And then, of course, my being a foreign nationality was my flight risk. Yeah, because it's like, wow, like I love like the thing about it is like they blow this small incident up and then that makes you want to run away because they've blown this thing up and then go, you're a flight risk now. It's like, wow, lovely, self-fulfilling prophecy. Right, right. It's like, really? Like. Like perhaps people sometimes want to run away because you, <laughs> because you've turned what, you, what should be a you know eight you know, hour yeah. incident. Slash please don't do this. Please don't do this again. Into you know, a, we would note that you you know you've caused trouble into a uh, week and a half. Exactly. Bullshit extravaganza. I know. Oh, bullshit extravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, what it seems like you know on this end you know yeah. when, once we realized you know I, I forget who it was I think it was yeah. one of your friends who had contacted somebody who was able to go see you and kind of know then the then the issue became well how do we get them out what can we do yeah and uh, I, I had some conversations with a few people that i know and they're like well uh if if he's a, a foreigner and was picked up on something it's most likely they're just gonna extend it you know because this was i think at about not yet 72 hours so mm-hmm. it's not yet yeah that limit yeah but it was pretty close to it yeah. they said this this person told me well basically we think they're you're just going to keep them there for 10 days. Yeah. Because that's up to what they could keep them there for. Actually, it's up to 20. But up to 20? Yeah. Oh, okay. But that, that would require another... The prosecutor would have to recommend that again. And then I go back to a judge. I didn't, but I would have I had gone back to a judge. And then the judge would have taken that recommendation. And it, would have been extended, it could have been extended to 20, uh, 10 okay. more. It, but apparently that's the max. After that, then they have to charge you or drop charges. Right. So just to be clear, this whole process mm-hmm. is before you've been charged with anything. Yes. Right. So I think that's the probably the most important thing for people to understand yeah. because in the US if until you're charged with something there's a very limited time three period days. That they can, they can keep, keep you right. for three days then they have to charge you or not right yeah. and so but here you can be incar- not incarcerated detained essentially because yeah. you weren't in prison you are in no I was jail. in jail I was in a detention center right you are being detained that's Kosoku Japanese yeah. detained I, yeah. I don't want to diminish your, your experience yeah, yeah. My, like, my, 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 my street cred <laughs> my street, street cred, cred. <laughs> you're hard now right yeah, yeah. <laughs> Straight out of Gotanda. <laughs> Straight out of Megado. <laughs> Straight out of Megado. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so, so the thing about the prosecutor. So, I was mentioning about interpreters and like the interpreter's exasperation sometimes. So, as I, I, I'm let out of the judge's office and I sit back down, and then a minute after that, a police officer comes out and hands me the paper that says I'm being detained for ten more days. The reasons are the flight risk and. You know, not cooperating or hiding evidence, and then they go. They ask the interpreter, who actually was my interpreter the day before. Okay, from, so this is the person, the same person. Right? This is not the first person. The second was, person. This is the second person okay. from when he you was, saw the prosecutor. Yeah, okay. he's my interpreter at the prosecutor's office, and so he kind of laughed, like, like, goes, <laughs> really, like he's just like, like it was a moment, like he's just like, man, these fools. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he goes, the guy understands Japanese. Can we stop? Like, like I was like, thank you. Like it's a small little like. Like, you know, when you just feel like someone's on your side for a minute. Right. Like, in a small way. And I was like, <laughs> but he, and I was like uh, don't worry, I appreciate it. You know, just, yeah, you just go ahead and read it. Thank you, you know. And so he read yeah, the reasons I'm detained. And I was like, thank you very much, you know. You've been kind. And then I think he goes away, like, head shaking his head, like, man, this is a, <laughs> this is a shit box. <laughs> Poor dude. <laughs> and so then I'm put back into the main holding room. And about 15 minutes later, they call me back again and go through the door, 
to the back of the office. And then I'm sent into this small little room with a plexiglass in the middle, and there's a guy on the other side. Guy in his 30s, wearing glasses, looks pretty hipstery, looks like, you know, what's this guy? And I'm a lawyer. I was sent by your friend, da da da, da who works for this company, who's a uh, vice president of this company. And I was like, who? What? And I just lost my mind. I just couldn't. I was like, huh? And also the sound was the plexiglass. And I think the fan or something. It's hard to hear him. And then I I realized who he was saying. And I just was like, oh, my God. Like, Yeah. Because up to this point, nobody's had any contact. Yeah. With you. Nobody knows where you are or what's happening. I still don't have a lawyer. Right. I told the judge, because they asked you, would you, like, would you like us to contact the Bar Association to get a lawyer for you? I said, yes. But also this guy said, I'm not your lawyer, but I was sent in here um, to give you advice, see that you're okay, and to tell you that you need to get a what they call an on-duty, toban bengoshi, what we would call a pro bono lawyer, but right. an on-duty lawyer. The Bar Association will provide you with one. Uh, please say this when you get back to the, the jail. Tell them that they need to contact the Bar Association for you. And I said, okay, thank you very much. And I just remember, like, could you please tell my friend I'm very thankful and like, just like, I was just gonna cry. I was gonna lose it. Oh, yeah. And he just said, you know, gambate krasai, do your best. Um, I also asked him, how did you find what, what, how, what led you to being here? And he said, well, your friend contacted me. I con- started going around contacting police stations and, and hospitals, and we found you. Uh, we figured out where you were being detained. And then he's a, he and he knew that I wasn't at the jailhouse that day, so he he figured I'm either either at the prosecutors or at the or at the judges. So him being a lawyer, he could come in, uh, okay. ask for 15 minutes to consult right. with me or to you know to give me consultation. And then I walked out and back into the main holding cell and just remember just like it's one of the happiest moments of a weird happy moment of my life. I just couldn't. Yeah. I just started because well, you knew where people knew that. Yeah. People had a way of knowing where you were yeah. and how you were doing. Yeah. And just not that I never thought I ever thought no one cared, but it was wow, you know, like people care. Like, yeah. Just, it was like, I, I, you know, on our end, where we we were, you know, it's funny. I remember um, I was talking to one of your friends, and um, there was this for for people that don't know Terrence and, and weren't following on Facebook. There was this really long thread everybody just trying to figure out what's going on and uh i remember at some point i said you know this country's so safe the most likely scenario is the cops are being overzealous mm-hmm. and are detaining him for a long period of time and nobody can get in contact with him so it's just a matter of trying to figure out which yeah. department you're at and what happened yeah you know i mean the worst case would be you got you know injured or something and put into a hospital and an MID on you and mm-hmm. nobody knows who you are or what's going yeah. on but yeah, but you know, thank, thankfully that didn't happen. Yeah, it was a weird thing because obviously the whole time I know where I am, and so in some ways it took me a moment, it took me a while to realize, oh my god, for like forty eight hours people thought I was at the bottom of Tokyo Bay, you know, like that, right. yeah, that the worst knew. case yeah. scenario, and it's, it's like for all my like it's really shitty to be in here. I was like, oh my god, that's terrible. I would never want to know, like, never have that feeling about someone I care about, you know, like that not knowing. It sucks for the experience people, person experiencing what they're experiencing, but at least I know. Right, right. <laughs> at all times, you're the only I, one who knew. <laughs> yeah. All, at all times, I knew that I wasn't. My health wasn't in particular, you know, danger. I mean, you know, this weird black box of a system was scary because then right. it felt so random, and you know, and that was horrible. But and those were the most frustrating times with the police, right? It's like, what's going on here? Why is not? Why is no one helping me? Why am right. I constantly? And it, it seems like it was just a lot of you know. J- J- Japan is a very safe com- country in general, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I think it's a lot like this in like smaller towns in the U.S. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, cops. As soon as something happens, it becomes something that happened. Right? Yeah. So you gotta you gotta do the process. You gotta, yeah. You gotta do this. And yeah. They get yeah. People get very something excited about It's time to get a hard on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I've seen that in, in, in general in, in companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can only imagine, given how uh, how much weight is given to process and procedure and, and doing things appropriately, how it could be extremely uh, wasteful. The police have a lot of power, and yet these are people who are essentially, you know, Nothing wrong with being blue collar, but our blue collar 
government officials. Hmm. So it's this weird, disproportionate thing where they don't really, I don't think, that a lot of them have the tools or the training or the mindset or the the culture or the philosophy to think of what their work is and why they do it. And maybe that's the way, in, to some degree, it must be. I think if you're, yeah, depending on type of, you know, organization you run, you may not want that sometimes. Either, yeah. Right? You just want people that mm-hmm. follow the law, that follow the rules. You just yeah. want to know that the process is being So followed. you can feel that difference when you go talk to the prosecutor who's obviously in this world, the, uh, the white-collar guy, right? If the police are the blue-collar guys in this organization, right. the prosecutor's a white-collar guy. You know, mid-level white-collar. He's not a judge or he's not a government official. You know, he's not a government, high government official. But, but, there's a white-collar. Yeah, did you get bit? I did. Yeah. We're outside right now on my, my back porch and yeah. trying to yeah. avoid all the... Uh, Mosquitoes. Well, now, well... All the oh, children. we're avoiding. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so we we get to uh, hang out with the hang out with blood the suckers. Um, but uh, just to speed it up a little bit, so then that was the end of the day at the prosecutor's office or at the judge's office, and then I go back to the jail, and when I arrive, I was told that around six o'clock someone had come, but I wasn't there, so I left. Mm-hmm. I don't get back to like almost eight, nine, like and have a quick dinner. I think, yeah. And also, then, they'll give you dinner if you're... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, not, they're not bad about yeah, that. Yeah, you don't miss a meal or anything. I, once again, the upside to the very procedural and, you know, is that... There's you got to make sure you get your bath twice a day yeah, or every other day. Yeah. You got to make sure... You know, it's actually... That was actually surprising. For Japan, a country that loves cleanliness and bathing, you only get a bath once every five days. Oh, once every five Yeah, days? that oh, surprised wow. me. That really threw me off. I was like... Like in America, <laughs> it's a, it's some, here's some prisoner's cologne. We should splash that up on you. <laughs> but in Japan, I was like, aren't you people obsessed with bathing? So, uh, so I get back, and then there are actually two lawyers to see me. I'm like, what? Or lawyers to see me. So I go into the room, and I find out that what Chris has mentioned, that several friends are like working together and also in parallel to figure out what's going on. So one of my friends... Uh, is uh, part of the labor union and contacted some of the higher-ups in the labor union, and the labor union obviously has lawyers, and so they sent them in for free to come talk to me and see that I was okay and give me advice, kind of similar to the way my friend sent her company lawyer in. And so these two lawyers, I talked to them for almost like a good 45 minutes, and, you know, they, they are the ones that gave me the note. Here's the, like, suspect's note that you should write down everything when you whenever you meet, after you meet a prosecutor or after you talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, gave me more advice about the the on-duty uh, lawyer, that kind of thing. And just, you know, just, are you okay? And just was a chance to talk. Because the one thing about talking to the lawyers is that the police are not allowed in the room. We can talk about whatever we want. Obviously, it's, you know, it's uh, not, it's not, conf- was it, uh, not confidential. What's the other word? What's the, the word where they can't disclose? Your lawyer, your shrink, there's people who can't. Uh, in, in confidence or something. Yeah, yeah. There's some, try- there might be another term for it. But anyways, you know, um. So I talked to them, and then that kind of ended the day. And the next day, uh, the guy who came in at six and left was an uh, on du- was the on duty lawyer, and oh, he came in. Okay, and, okay. and at that meeting, he said, "I said he asked me, do you have a lawyer? I mentioned those lawyers had visited me, but I don't have a lawyer.' He said, "I'm willing to be your lawyer. Uh, we have a, an assistance program if you can't afford to pay for a lawyer." Um, are you are you good with that? You want me to be your lawyer? And from then on, he was my lawyer. Um, the first thing, you know, he asked me what happened, and then he said, you know, and then um, he said he would get in touch with the uh, plaintiff to see if there's a settlement that can be done, and the settlement can just include just just you know make an apology. Right. I wrote a letter of apology in Japanese. Apparently, when the lawyer went to go went to talk to the guy, the plaintiff. Apparently the dude is kind of a hard ass and was like very indignant and very upset about everything. And so my lawyer came back was like, this is a couple of days later he comes back, our second meeting. And was like, um, yeah, it's probably not going to work. Like, So I met the lawyer first Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I think he came back to talk to me on Tuesday, maybe Monday, Tuesday. Um, 
and said it's probably not yeah actually maybe Monday the next day and said eh, it's probably not going to work out or just doing like a letter to the guy yeah and uh, or the guy seems really upset and he says I don't recommend you settle with this guy this is not yeah this could be bad this is not going to work out and then though the next day my lawyer comes back in to talk to me again and says um, on Tuesday and says uh, actually the guy called him back and was like apparently a little bit upset the first day it was a little more calm and wanted, and the reason he was upset is because apparently the thing is the guy was in workers' uniform. He wasn't finishing up work. He was going to go to work, probably an overnight railway maintenance crew kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he claims that he had cost his company money by not being able to show up at work because um, he had to come into the police station, you know, and give his testimony and obviously throw my ass in jail, help to throw my ass in jail. So he obviously apparently calmed down a little bit and was willing to accept the settlement or make a settlement. Um, I'm going to keep some of that detail a little bit quiet because there's some things about that. Um, um, so then that was Tuesday. And then Wednesday, I go to see the prosecutor for the second time. Um, it's a lot better. I start to talk m- more with the prosecutor. Um, I think I can sense he likes me or is talking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, find out that... The, actually, I knew from the first time because of the, the, the prosecutor's dialect that he was from Osaka. I kind of bring it up, and we start talking about that a little bit. I mentioned, hey, you know, I used to live in Kobe. And, and he's like, okay, that's cool, whatever. And it was okay. And uh, But the one positive thing was I, he said, oh, I see you, got, you and your lawyer are working towards a settlement. Well, that's a good thing. And I said, mm, so are you going to let me out of here? He said, I'm still thinking. I still got to think about things. I said, okay. But it's not, not horrible. But then for me, the, kind of the, the day that was kind of like the monkey day, it's Thursday. So the next day, at around 10.30 in the morning, I get called by the guard to go to talk to the investigator in the police station. And again, it's a good old Mizuno-san. Mm-hmm. And Mizuno-san is like, so how have you been? And do you have a lawyer? And I was like, okay, it's day eight. <laughs> I'm two floors away in Hotel Osaki. <laughs> Maybe you should know I have a lawyer. He's like, well, no one tells us these things. I was like, really? Okay, so what do you want to ask me? Uh, so What happened? You were on the train, but you don't remember. <laughs> yeah, and then you're probably like, do I have to have this conversation? Yes. <laughs> I lost my mind. Is this conversation necessary? So I'm not happy. I'm looking at him like, wow, this is not good. We are not having this conversation. I have a lawyer. I've been in. I've been talking Talk to the prosecutor. prosecutor. The prosecutor the knows that I'm trying to make a settlement. We're moving along, and you ask me if I have a lawyer, and if I and and basically not ask, but ask, or in, in a form of a question. Hi. We're saying hi to sweet Amelia. <laughs> Hello, sweetie. Um. And yeah, and so I'm like, are you guys incompetent? I'm like, this is incompetent. You're not communicating. You're not doing your job. I want to see my lawyer. Well, like, you can have us contact your lawyer after you finish. No, no, no. I want my lawyer now. Um, well, I'm not sure, like, that you can have your lawyer with you. This, you know, maybe in America. I was like, don't talk to me about America. I'd like my lawyer with me, if that's possible. If it's not possible, that's fine. But you need to let me know how that works. Right. And, uh, well, in Japan, you can't have your lawyer with you. All right. Well, I don't feel comfortable about this. You guys seem incompetent and seem like I'm just going through the you same things. You actually told things. them, like, yes, hey, you guys seem I said this, yeah. I was like, and then once again, you know, I think somewhere in that conversation, is like, do you understand Japanese? Came up again. Or do you understand what we're saying to you? Came up again. I was like, please stop with that. <laughs> I'm going to exercise my right to remain silent. So, and plus... Now, uh, does that right actually exist in Japan? Yes, yeah. Okay. And they tell you that. Okay. They tell you that. You have the right to remain silent and you have the right not to incriminate yourself. Mm-hmm. To not say anything that's self-incriminatory. So... Uh, cutest little sister ever. Yeah, I don't know. She's gonna push that screen know, right out of the door. Yeah, sweet. Oh. <laughs> Face plant. Okay, okay, you can let go. That was started. That was stuck. Okay, it's making me sad. <laughs> like at first it was cute, and it's like eh. <laughs> Igor. <laughs> um, so I exercise my right to remain silent. And I'm like, and then he starts to write up a report. And so I was like, so in the report, yes, I said, because I don't want to come, I don't want to have this conversation because 
I want to consult with my lawyer. I feel uncomfortable. I like to consult with my lawyer, so I'm exercising my right to remain silent today. So in Japan, whenever you make a statement, they let you read it over and make sure it's correct. And you can change whatever you like to change. Mm-hmm. And then that's the end of the day. But I just remember feeling like... Oh, man, after eight days, yeah, like, like end of day eight, that's where you end. You're like, oh, yeah. man, where the hell am I going? And Were you thinking able, like, this is starting to go back? Yeah. Time? Not being able to see... I didn't get to see my lawyer, lawyer on Wednesday. Um, I, I, and he was end up not showing up that whole Thursday either. I later found out he was out on on business and he, you know, he just couldn't, he couldn't make it in which is fine mm. but at the time I was like is this going backwards yeah, this is scary so next day on Friday I go to see the prosecutor again and this by this time me and the prosecutor are having a nice vibe about Kansai and all that stuff and so it turns out he says to me you know I've only been at the prosecutor's office here in Tokyo since April I was at the prosecutor's office in Osaka um, I was like oh so how are you finding Tokyo I was like and then in Kansai Ben, so he goes, oh, he says, I can't get used to it. Mm. I said, so yeah, nah, back to him. And, like, and so we had a nice little time. And he even in his final report, he let on that. He said, I'm going to let you go. But in his final report, he writes, the, uh, I guess, would I still be considered, the, the, I'll go with the, the detainee even understands my Kansai Ben. <laughs> I'm like, you're putting that in the report? He's like, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then he also told me, like, I've prosecuted a few foreigners, and by far you speak the best Japanese. I was like, thank you. Um, and he's like, okay, well, glad to hear that settlement thing is working out. You know, make sure you stay on top of that. And, and everything goes okay with that, and I'm going to let you go. And I was like, today? And he's like, yep. Yeah. And I'm like, but not now, though, right? Yeah, you're going to have to sit around in a holding cell and then get taken back to jail, and then we'll yeah, let you go there. He's like, you know, okay. So yeah. Wow. That so was So nine days, right? Totally. Nine days, nine including days that Friday, close. yeah. But you made it out. Got back to that afternoon that evening and got the experience the when the police like that how much they were putting on a show and how much of it is a, on the, in a weird positive sense, how much of their weird behavior, sometimes bad cop, good cop, and militaristic kind of thing was a show because the minute you're released, they're like so nice to you. Right. They're just like normal. They talk to you normally. Right. They started referring to me by my name. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it's a small things, right? I know. It's so weird and surreal. And then in a, in a little room they have all my stuff laid out. And then, you know, please note all your stuff, all the stuff that was in my bag and stuff like that. And all the stuff I'd received while in jail, the books and the extra clothes that friends had sent and people had provided for me. And it was a strange thing to look back over my life in a weird way in that seven, right. at eight days, nine days of all the stuff laid out. Yeah. Oh. I get it? Yeah, I think so. But, no, uh, it's still flying around somewhere back there, but now it's still here. Yeah. The bugs are getting a little, mm. little nasty out here. But, um, yeah. So by 7.30, almost exact, I walk out of Osaki Police Station. They just let you walk out. <laughs> Nothing too crazy. And even, like... Did well, you have, like, flashbacks to, like, the Shawshank Redemption? <laughs> <laughs> I thought about the Shawshank Redemption. I thought, where is my Rita Hayworth p- poster? Uh, or, I know it changes. It did start to rain. You're like... Ah. <laughs> yep. Man, that's... Well, that was a crazy adventure, and I... I think the coolest part about this is, is we were talking before, is that mm-hmm. I think it'd be really easy for a lot of people to basically get upset about it to the point where you don't want to talk about it, number one. Yeah. Or you just turn totally, like, completely cynical about everything. Mm-hmm. And not surprisingly, you didn't go down either of, that path, either of those paths, which I found pretty, pretty amazing. And, in fact... Uh, you know, it's probably worth saying when we didn't say it at the beginning. This is a story you wanted to tell. This yeah. is something you wanted to sort of get off your chest mm-hmm. and, and, and talk talk about. And so now that you've done that, how, how do you feel? You feel any better about it? You feel any different about it? Well, I'm really glad that I was to be able to get it recorded. Yeah. Um, so that's just nice, just to, you know having having it in some kind of solid form. Um, yeah, of course, it feels great to talk about it. It's a it was a really crazy, deep experience. Um, you know, it's something I definitely want to write about to add a little more detail. And thinking about walking around, like, just getting back to my life. Um, of course, one, just being so grateful about how yeah, how much people, you know, just fought so, fought so hard or did so much to make sure I was okay. And, mm. 
and it's really touching. And uh, also how much it scared people, and that's just to me. That's the point that sometimes makes me angry at the police or angry at right. what happened. It's like, okay, myself, it sucked. Right. And but part of it's haha, and you know, and you can sometimes imagine yourself in Shawshank Redemption, like I'm gonna right. get my redemption. You know, and there's a way you can make you can dramatize things for yourself and make it make yourself the hero of something, and you know, be the fist shaking, you know, rebel against the system, whatever. Have a little fantasy, but when to think that it was really, um, you know, bad, just a thing for people. And I actually re- realized that I forgot to mention that. Twice during the, uh, well, three times during my detention, I was visited. One by the the American embassy, cons- embassy, embassy, the consular official, but twice by friends. And uh, one of the visits, <laughs> one of the visits, my friend, the 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 uh, the friend who who had her company lawyer come in, and her sister, I'm good friends with them. <laughs> the sister is, she has a quite a sharp sharp tongue. She's like. We thought your dumbass was at the bottom of Tokyo Bay <laughs> in Japanese, <laughs> but something along that line. It was just, it was cute. And then the other time, my boys, my buddies, who you know, who I've hung out with, and that that last night of freedom um, came in, and you can only speak because there was no one who can speak English. On no police officer could speak English, so you have to have a police officer in the room with you. And you can only speak Japanese. And right? you can only speak Japanese. So and only Japanese they understand. Yeah. All right. So they brought in. Yeah, I was, sorry, you, I was talking to one of your friends, and oh, he, who was uh, letting me know about this. The, the guy you mentioned before about the labor union, mm-hmm. and uh, so he and I were, were talking back and forth. And he said, "Yeah, I talked to the police station, and you have to have somebody who's you have to speak Japanese mm-hmm. because a cop has to be in there." So I asked him the question: "Does that mean I can only use small words?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I found hilarious. nice. Nice. So I was wondering when you said that it has to be Japanese that's understood is that you can't come in there and speak a really like weird dialect that they can't you know mm. you can't run around with z- zuzuben which is like an awamori like a very hard to understand mm. you know provincial dialect. Um, but anyway, so the other time was my two buddies who don't speak Japanese and then uh, a housemate and she was the she wasn't the trans because you can't even be a translator because they can't be speaking with with each other and, and in you know, translation because essentially what could happen is alright so the, the getaway car will be parked out in front and then the friend goes so did you, are, you, are you eating well? You know, like, right, right, right. <laughs> in Japanese you know, so, so like you can't do that and so they right, couldn't right. even speak so at first I was like okay it's going to be an interpreting thing and then I noticed when they sat down and they were quiet I go no 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 this is where they can't even say anything in English and it made sense when I thought about it right, but it was right. the moment to just see them like my friends looking at me you know I'm very concerned and it was a, such a touching strangely like strange conversation to be like so you know they're there it was their vacation so the one guy is like his second time here is like you know he bought this cool t-shirt he had a t-shirt on that i can't remember what it had on it but it was this funky t-shirt he bought in some part you know shimokita or somewhere in tokyo or koenji or somewhere and has been eating a lot of food and been enjoying the food and and just that weird like and yet and my other buddy was really you know touching was just really like you said like Oh, he says he wants to say he's sorry because he wishes that he had invited you back to his the hotel they were staying at. If he had done that, you wouldn't have gone on the train. I was right. like, oh, don't say yeah. you don't. That's not your fault. You can't control that. You don't know. Yeah. That and so it was a weird conversation to have this proxy. She just had to remember probably what they told him, told right, her right. before walking into the room. Yeah. Um, so that was yeah. So I had those two visits. Well, we're happy you're back. It's good to be back. Yeah, and in one piece, and oh. have a. Oh, Interesting man. story to to tell us. So, yes. Yeah. How you doing today? It's been a yeah. Uh, is there anything else to wrap up with? You have any other questions? Did I miss anything? Oh, you did a pretty pretty good walkthrough. Yeah. So I think I think we're good. Well, again, you know, welcome mm-hmm. back, welcome back to the real world, I guess. And uh, yeah, and just to let everybody know on a just on a general level, um, as far as <laughs> my, <coughs> my employment and things like that, everything seems to be okay. So, so everything's back to everything's normal. back to normal. All right. Yeah, and and it hasn't uh, diminished your. Uh, um, 
propensity to go out and have fun either too, which is good because we, we spent a yeah. lot of time together yeah. quite two times I think since, yeah. since you got out. I do so. try to put nice little, and this is something I think I've done even previously. You know, when I go out drinking or having fun, is that sometimes if you just give yourself a warning at the beginning, like rem- remember that you need to do yeah. this or that, it actually sits in your brain later, even when you're you know when you've had yeah, a few. Yeah. And so I just make sure I do that a little bit more, and I'm try to just be a little bit like just try to take a moment to even in that you know haze of having a good time reflect a little bit and stop for a moment pause i've been trying to do that just making sure is everything sorted i'm not going to get myself back in any kind of trouble <laughs> you know if i'm getting a little bit into something with somebody just like, oh, maybe yeah. back off a little yeah. bit make sure like uh, head it off a little bit you know at the at the pass so just just that kind of thing but no not no not too much you know not too much PTSD or, <laughs> or mostly yeah the cynicism or anger right, is probably right. you know, more of it I wasn't I wasn't thrown in a POW camp for three years or something it's not that big a deal but but you can get cynical or jaded yeah. and kind of mean and you know and yeah it's funny to walk around now with the you know recently there was the the summit and then Obama was in town so there have been a little bit more there have been more police than usual so it's just weird to be like yeah, passed yeah. by police and just be like oh police <laughs> how I feel it's, a, it's like yeah because like, of the timing of how everything happened for you it's like you go in and then all that stuff happens and you come out and there's more police around and you're like wait a second man I yeah. had an impact <laughs> I walk around everywhere with my hands up yeah palms up palms up <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for sharing your story of course now we gotta figure out what the next episode's gonna be oh we got plenty of things to talk about all right. Well, on that note, that's episode. I don't even know what the numbering scheme is anymore. Yeah, I know. And I did that weird end thing, which I think doing things off was kind of horrible. We might want to just add it up and then keep going from the number that you know you had already established. I think I ended on sixty-four. Yeah, and then we can add the, the few the weird five. episodes that so I. So it's probably like sixty-nine or seventy. Or yeah, 70. that might just be the way to go. Right, just, we'll, we'll figure it out. And we'll, yeah, we'll and we can relabel later. the the weird the episodes that I labeled weirdly and give them their numbers back. Yeah, that probably be the best way to do it. All right, on that note, say bye to everybody, I guess. Bye-bye. Bye.